Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love, linked in the show notes. And I remember her telling me, just do it for someone else down the road. And I took that very literally. And I went home that day and I Googled how to support women. That was my starting point. And that's how I started. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup. And you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised L.A., and I created We Are L.A. Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of the show. Enjoy. Hi, this is Joseph Ogin, and I'm a product manager. I built platforms used by AOL, Coca-Cola, and National Geographic. I love listening to We Are LA Tech because Esprit and her team really make it easy for us to understand the LA Tech community and really break down how companies and users can utilize this new emerging technologies to build businesses and connect with their communities. You can follow me online at josephhogin.com. That's Joseph Hogin, H-O-L-G-U-I-N.com. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. to the We Are LA Tech podcast, spotlighting LA Tech companies and talent. So excited for our next guest based out of downtown LA. We have Elizabeth from Grid 110. Yes. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi, everyone. Happy to be here today. So Elizabeth, to kick things off, go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure thing. So I'm Elizabeth. I am the head of community at Grid 110, which is a startup accelerator here in Los Angeles. And I'm also the managing director um, at Girls in Tech Los Angeles, which is a nonprofit focused on supporting women in technology and entrepreneurship. And Grid 110, where you lead community now, is such an important part of the Los Angeles tech ecosystem. Tell us about Grid 110 and what attracted you to be part of the team. Yes. So I absolutely love everything about Grid 110, the team, the work that we do. Um, So for those who are not familiar with Grid 110, we are a startup accelerator and nonprofit organization here in Los Angeles. A startup accelerator accelerates companies. So we work with early stage entrepreneurs, small business owners, and help them get to the next stage. So entrepreneurship can be a very lonely um, and overwhelming journey, especially for first-time entrepreneurs or solo entrepreneurs. So what we do at Grid 110 is we provide a curriculum 
for three months um, that founders can go through to help them help them accelerate their business and help them get to the next stage, whether that's funding related, um, hiring related, or just taking that next big step. And what drew me to Grid 110, so I joined the team back in 2019, but I hadn't known about Grid 110 years before that and was a big fan and advocate and volunteered for some of their events. And what drew me was was so many things. I mean, number one, the team is incredible. If you've had the chance to work um, with Mickey, um, who is the CEO um, of Grid 110, and the rest of the team, but the impact that they're truly making in the LA tech and startup uh, community is absolutely incredible. The diversity of founders that they work with is also what drew me um, into the role and what's made my job my favorite job that I've had so far. I mean, Mickey Reynolds has had the most extraordinary impact on the Los Angeles tech community. She is the most authentic community builder. I don't think Mickey community builds to build a network. I think she community builds because she cares and to serve. And that is just such a gem of a human being. And so, of course, we're all attracted to Grid 110. She's an extraordinary leader. Yeah. She's incredible. What does leading community, your role at Grid 110, look like on a day-to-day? On a practical level, what that looks like is taking a lot of calls with founders and helping them through the nitty-gritty of entrepreneurship. Sometimes that means helping them prioritize their workload or answering questions about hiring, building a culture. On a larger level, though, what I'm really passionate about in my role is when it comes to building community, inclusion is important to me. I know there's a lot of talk, especially in the tech community, about diversity and inclusion. And I think there's been more and more of an emphasis on the diversity part where companies are actively trying to get more diverse talent. But unfortunately, I feel like some of the inclusion part is missing where once you do have that talent or once you do have a diverse community, how do you build a safe environment for people to actually flourish. So at Grid 110, I think a lot about, okay, we have a very diverse community, but what are the things that we can do to help them feel safe, to help them feel welcomed? It's little things and it's little touches being very much aware of, I'll give an example. Um, If we have a lot of parent entrepreneurs you know, one season, being aware of when we provide a lot of workshops or events and the times that we offer them because they might overlap with when they have to pick up their kids from school or bring them to bed. So it's just being aware and having empathy with the things that you plan and put out. Walk us through Grid 110. Who should be applying and what do we need to do to apply? How can it help us? Where do we need to be in our journey? The best place to go to learn more is our website, which is www.grid110.org. You can also check us out on any of our social media channels like Instagram or Twitter. It's just at grid110. So Grid 110 is industry agnostic, which means that we work with all industries across the board. So whether you are focused on e-commerce or you're a lifestyle brand or you're even a nonprofit yourself, we work with all those companies or you're a brick and mortar company. I think sometimes people assume that accelerators only focus on 
tech companies or highly scalable companies like the next Facebook, which most accelerators do, but Grid 110 is very unique in that way and that we work with everyone. And in terms of stage, we have different programs that we've offered throughout the year. So I would just check on our website to see what um, what programs are open for application at that point. Right now, our applications are closed, but they will open up later this year. And if you're an early stage company, if you, again, open to all industries, we work with a lot of solo founders and first-time founders, but that is definitely not an requirement or a must. We also worked with companies who have multiple teams. So it just depends on what um, program is available at that time. In the past, we've had a program dedicated to very early stages, um, which was called I2P, Idea to Product, where we've worked with companies as early as those who are in the idea stage and helping them build a prototype. And then we also have a second program called the residency program, which is for companies who are still early stage, but further along. So they typically have a built out team. They're looking to raise and build out their culture. Does Grid 110 give you money or how does that work? So we don't give money, but we provide a curriculum of resources. So we have a program that's three months long that you go through with 19 other entrepreneurs. So typically we pick 20 companies for a cohort that we work with at one time. And then each week you go through different lessons and workshops that are highly interactive. You get to interact with your cohort members, with our team, with our EIRs who are experts in residence. Entrepreneurs in residence. Yeah, entrepreneurs Oh, experts, yeah. Um, I don't know if I just made that up. I might have. Um, (laughs) And does it cost anything to be a part of Grid 110? No, the best part is that it's completely free of charge. It's completely free for founders to participate. And so really any founder should apply um, for the chance to be part of our community and our cohort. We also don't take any equity. So um, sometimes accelerators will take about 10%, around 10% equity of your company. We don't take any equity. We don't charge anything. So it's really an amazing opportunity for entrepreneurs. And how is Grid 110 sustained? Like, how is it able to give all this pro bono help to the community? I get that question a lot of how do you have a job? How are you able to do this work? Also, why? Um, why do you do this if you're, you know, quote unquote, not getting anything out of it? Um, I would have to say we or our team gets a lot out of it. Um, just helping our founders get to the next stage is incredibly fulfilling work. But on a practical note, we have a lot of generous donors because we, we are a nonprofit at the end of the day. And then we also function through a grant that we have with the city of LA. So cool. Very exciting. Tell me about your involvement in Girls in Tech. Do you run the Girls in Tech LA chapter? Tell me more about that. How did you discover Girls in Tech? I've been involved with Girls in Tech for the last, I think it's been three years at this point. And when I first moved to LA, I attended a bunch of events just to grow my network and make friends here. And I attended an event by the Girls in Tech team at the time. And at the time, I had attended a ton of networking events and happy hours. And this event hosted by the Girls in Tech team was so different. Even just walking into the room, the atmosphere was so welcoming. 
And I could walk up to anyone, really, and they wanted to talk to me and they welcomed me into their group. Um, it was mainly women who were really excited to just be there and learn with each other. And I remember being so amazed by the community and environment that they had created that I went up to the managing director at the time and asked how I could get involved. So I just said, I really love what you're doing. I, I want to help out with this. How can I how can I contribute to this? And so I actually started out as a volunteer in the early stages of Girls in Tech. Um, so on the weekends or for any events that they did, I would help out with anything that they needed help with, whether that's handing out flyers or welcoming people to the event venue. And after a couple of months um, of doing that, I think about half a year later, I got offered a board position with the team in LA. And that was three years ago. Full circle, um, I'm now the managing director of Girls in Tech LA. We have a team of six incredible women. Pretty uh, interesting and, and fun to think about um, how the organization has come a really long way, but also myself and growing um, in that role. But Girls in Tech has been an incredible organization for myself, which is why I'm such a huge advocate for people getting involved with things outside of their work. As I mentioned, we have a team of six. What we do is we provide resources, events, workshops for women in tech in Los Angeles. So right now, because of the pandemic, um, we've had to do things virtually. So we have a Instagram live series that's happening where we feature different women and their career path. So I think last week we had um, someone from Amazon come in and share how she got her position. But on a larger scale, our LA team is part of a larger nonprofit. So Girls in Tech has over 50 different chapters worldwide, ranging from Paris to Germany to Dublin. So LA is just one of the many chapters. And how do we get involved with Girls in Tech? Where do we go? So you can find us on Instagram at Girls in Tech LA. That is probably the easiest way. If you have any questions or are looking to ways to get involved, you can always DM us and our team will get back to you. We are super excited to host more events and provide resources as things are opening up this year as well. How do you energetically refuel yourself? I mean, one of the things about being a community lead is it's pretty taxing. So what do you do to re-energize and refuel so that you could continue to serve and serve at a high level? I'm so glad you're asking this question because this is something it's from that personal pain <laughs> needs to be needs to be talked about more often. So I'll share something very embarrassing, which is that in in the early stages of my career, I rarely ever took time off. Rarely. And that things have changed quite a bit since then. But I, I would say the the number one thing is just take time off. Take time off when you can, go see your family, prioritize your hobbies outside of work. If you have the ability to take your PTO, if that's offered, um, but that's definitely the biggest thing is prioritizing my own health. What I also realized while working in Gertrude is that I'm setting an example to founders. So when I'm talking to founders and I'm giving them advice and I'm telling them to take care of themselves and I'm telling them to prioritize themselves, if I'm not doing those things, then it's harder for them to believe in those things um, either. So I think that's that's the easiest thing that anyone can do time off. And I, I think this is a piece of advice that could be relevant for anyone who's a founder, but also anyone who's a professional in tech, is to find something outside of work. 
So I'm a big proponent of getting involved in professional organizations. So whether that is Girls in Tech for me, I've also been involved with other organizations and nonprofits in the past, um, like All Race um, or Lean In. Um, I would find opportunities outside of work that are going to grow you and find nonprofits that are either in the humanitarian space or professional organizations to get plugged in. It will not only help you to grow your network, but it will also help you to grow as a leader. While I'm fortunate that I work at an amazing company at Good 110 with an incredible team, not everyone has that opportunity. So you don't want to fully rely on your full-time job or on your nine-to-five job to provide you with those leadership opportunities. You should really be seeking them out outside of work as well. And have you had a mentor along your path who has really helped accelerate you? Yes, Mickey Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> of course. The one and of only. course. What would you say is one thing you've learned from her? What's advice that she's given you that's really stuck with you? So a couple of years ago when I first met Mickey Reynolds, I was very much career oriented. I was not involved in any nonprofits outside of work or professional organizations. I was just very work focused, focused on my own goals, focused on, you know, getting ahead in life. And Mickey was someone who advocated for me since day one of meeting me and has always, you know, shared resources with me so generously. And I remember one time asking her why she was being so nice to me. You know, we barely knew each other. I was essentially a stranger and she was so giving, um, whether that was, you know, sharing events with me or taking me as her plus one to certain, you know, big events, introducing me to her network. And I remember her telling me, just do it for someone else down the road. And I took that very literally and I went home that day and I Googled how to support women that was my starting point. And uh, that's how I started. So I get a lot of comments these days about Elizabeth, you're so involved in so many great organizations that support women and that are really women focused. But honestly, I wouldn't be doing any of those things if it wasn't for Mickey Reynolds, because she's truly one person who impacted my life so much that I felt inspired to give back. And the lesson that she taught me is that one person can change everything for you. It just takes one person. Another lesson that I learned along the way, thanks to her help, is that you're never too young. You're never too young to start. So I always wanted to make an impact in my community and be involved with nonprofits and sit on a board. But I always thought that was something I would do later down in my career when I was successful or when I had reached the ladder. Um, so it was like a five-year goal or a 10-year goal. And I realized through that experience that making an impact doesn't happen overnight. It accumulates over the years. So I started pretty early in my career with getting involved with organizations and trying to make an impact. So yeah. I think it's funny because I hear this thing that typically when people get 
really wealthy from their companies and they're sitting on their beach, they're actually not very fulfilled because they don't feel that they've been living a very purposeful life. And so it's so important throughout our journey to not just think about, especially in the States, so many Americans think about capitalism, but to really think about impact. Because like, if you had all the money and the wealth and the things in the world, you too may be that person sitting on the beach was like, I have everything, why don't I feel full? And I think impact is the thing that makes us feel full individually. I agree. You're not from LA, so where did you move from and how'd you end up picking downtown LA? Before moving to LA, I was living in Dallas, Texas. And before living in Dallas, I was actually born and raised in Germany. I've come a long way, um, traveled, traveled the whole world. But what made me pick, um, not necessarily downtown LA, but LA in general is the diversity of people here. I was very much interested in getting involved in the startup and entrepreneurship world and community. And at the time, this was a couple of years ago, at the time, Dallas just did not have the best uh, or, or really met any resources or much of a community. So I did my research and um, of course, Silicon Valley and San Francisco is, is very well known for their startup scene and community. But the more research that I did, I actually kept hearing about LA and how there's this emerging startup scene and how there's this area called Silicon Beach with a bunch of startups. And so I got really curious and I was more interested in the emerging scene and what's new and um, versus what was already established. Plus, the weather is nicer here. So, Who's an LA tech company or talent you've come across recently who's really impressed you? So one company that has impressed me for a while now, which I, I might be a bit biased because they, they are a good on 10 portfolio company, but it's a skincare company called Skin Muse. And it's the founder who is incredibly inspiring. I got the chance to work with her in the very, very early stages of her business when she was packaging her her skincare products out of her apartment. She had a couple hundreds of orders here and there. And over over the months of being in Grid 110 and beyond, she was able to grow her company tremendously. Her apartment was a bit too small, so she had to move out and expand. She started out as a solo founder and now has a large team. But the most incredible thing is that in a very short amount of time, her products actually got featured by Beyonce. She got featured by Elle magazine and by plenty of other publications and just being being there for her along the journey and seeing her have all of these little and big wins has been incredibly fulfilling to me and very inspiring to watch um, and also one of my favorite parts of my job. What's her company again? It's called Skin Muse. It's S-K-N-M-U-S-E. Sweet. So we'll link to it in the show notes. And in LA, you were talking about Korean food. What is your fave restaurant to go to in LA? Oh, you can't make me pick. There's too many good ones. <laughs> My go-to Korean place, which I, I actually think it's a hole-in-the-wall Korean place. It's not any of the larger, which is any of the larger restaurants. I'm looking at the pictures online and it looks like a hole in the wall place. Um, but it's called Namsan. It's N-A-M-S-A-N. 
they are incredible at traditional Korean dishes. So Korean barbecue is always really good, but I'm also a big fan of some of the more traditional dishes that you can't get anywhere else. And it just reminds me of my childhood and growing up. We'll include that in the show notes as well. And someone who's just landing in LA, who's looking to get involved in the the tech scene, in their personal life, what's one thing you recommend is a must that they do? What resource would you recommend they go to to get integrated into the LA tech community? For anyone who's new to any city, really, is to get plugged into your community. Figure out what your interests are. I would actually recommend three different topics or three different areas that you're interested in. So for me, it's women, tech, and entrepreneurship. So when I first moved to LA, I attended every single event that was related to these three categories. So find your three categories, find the three things that you're really passionate about, which they might be very different from mine, and attend groups, show up to events. I'm sure it was a bit or It's been a bit hard because of COVID and things being closed down. But now that things are opening back up, I think there might be a couple of good resources. But definitely get involved. Focus on building your network, which is particularly important when you're in the early stages of your career as well. And where do you find your events in LA Tech? There are a few resources that I tap into. Eventbrite is an oldie but goodie. So there's always some stuff, um, sometimes... It takes a while to find um, good resources on there, but I would try Eventbrite. I would also try Facebook. There's an events tab on Facebook where you can find events and Twitter is also an amazing resource. So there's a whole space uh, on Twitter, like I think unofficially, officially called VC Twitter, um, where a bunch of VCs post resources and events. So find your community both in person and online and, and connect with the leaders and the thought leaders in that space. And they often share out really good information. Totally. And remember, you could always go to wearelatech.com slash calendar. We have a calendar of events there. And we have the We Are LA Tech Facebook at wearelatech.com slash community. You could check out the We Are LA Tech Facebook for we post all the events in there that all the community organizers do. A quick speed round as we wrap things up. What is a book business or personal that you recommend we read? Okay, I have a recommendation. So the recommendation uh, is the book is called Startup of You. And it's by Reid Hoffman, who is my absolute favorite. He's the founder of LinkedIn. And in the book, he talks about how to approach your career and your life as a startup, how to be nimble and flexible and open to pivots. It's a really practical, but also quick and fun read. Um, So I would highly recommend that one. Last question is your favorite software, mobile app or website? What is your fave? I have a few resources to share. Number one, if you are a woman in tech, I would highly recommend this website called Alpha. It's E-L-P-H-A. It's a free online community for women in tech and um, female founders where you're able to share advice, give advice. Um, It's a very great online community that the team has built. Other websites that I love or sites that I love, I love Thing Testing, which is also a website where you can find out the newest startups and brands. And 
product hunt as well. Product what was the second one? Thing website. testing? Thing testing. Mm-hmm. Think like T-H-I-N-K testing or thing T-H-I-N-G? Thing, like T-H-I-N-G. Ah, thing testing. So we have thing testing alpha and we'll include them in the show notes as well. And Product Hunt is such a great discovery platform for all the newest new. Thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more amazing people in the LA Tech community. Remember to go to the We Are LA Tech Facebook group at wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye, everyone. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Tutis. I'm the head of community at Grid 110, which is a startup accelerator and nonprofit in Los Angeles that focuses on supporting early stage entrepreneurs. I'm also the managing director at Girls in Tech Los Angeles, which is a nonprofit focused on supporting women in technology and entrepreneurship. I am based in downtown Los Angeles, and you are listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.